and welcome to the So Novel Podcast. I'm your host Jess and in this fortnightly podcast I will be chatting all things books as well as interviews with authors, publishers and bookstagrammers. So whether you're looking for your next read or you want to know the story behind the story then this is the podcast for you. Hello everyone. It has been a hot minute since I've been on here, but I have two bonus episodes to release that I hope you will really enjoy. Today's bonus episode is a chat with the author Amanda Hampson about her latest release, Lovebirds. We chat about what it's like to write from the perspective of a 15-year-old boy, the reasoning for her to include a character who is in late adulthood and not just your typical granny character and we chat about how she got into writing. Here is Amanda. Hi Amanda and welcome to the So Novel podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Jessica, thanks for having me on the show. Now my first question for all my guests is what are you currently reading? I always have a few books on the go, probably too many. Uh, I often have an audible book that I'm uh, listening to when I'm walking, and that will be something that's not too complicated. At the moment, that is Bill Bryson's um, Notes of a Small Island, uh, which is very entertaining. And then in print form, I am reading two other books. One, I guess, is because I uh, love this author whose name is Kevin Barry. He's a... a, um, an Irish author, and it is uh, called Beetle Bone. I can't really describe it. Um, All the reviews say that he's a genius. He is an amazing writer, uh, but I can imagine it's not necessarily to everybody's taste. It's very sort of poetic and sweary at the same time, but um, incredible writer. And because I'm now working on a mystery book, story I am just constantly reading in that genre so that I'm getting across um, I guess all sorts of different mysteries and kind of absorbing what rules there are like what hidden rules there are within mystery stories so at the moment I am reading The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman so that has been an enormously successful um what they call cosy crime. And uh, so, yeah, so that's very enjoyable and uh, completely different from uh, Beetlebone, but both very interesting and enjoyable. They both sound very uh, different ends of the, the spectrum. Um, I've heard great things about the Thursday Murder Club and I totally feel your pain about not being able to just read one book at a time. I think I have four on the go at the moment and I always used to be the type of person that would be strictly one read at a time so it's becoming a bit overwhelming so I'm I've made a goal that I need to get back to just one book at a time and see how that goes but um we're here today because we are going to discuss your newest release Lovebirds so can you tell us a bit about the book? And can you also tell us a bit about the inspiration for the book? Tell us a bit about the title Lovebirds and how it came about. 
I guess I've been thinking about the themes behind Lovebirds for quite some time. Um, certainly, there were the seeds of the idea when I had a 15-year-old son at home, and he's now 24. So I guess it had been in the background. Um, yeah, I, I very much wanted to portray a woman of my generation who finds herself um, quite lonely and isolated and then kind of delve back into her life and see what had influenced her. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've just felt I was at an age and a stage where I could explore that and have that, I guess, view to be able to look back. Um, so Lovebirds is about um, my character Elizabeth, and we first meet her at her best friend's funeral. And we can see she's a bit disconnected from people around her and maybe not aware of that. Um, and she ends up at this funeral with her best buddy, who is her budgie, Eric, uh, which leads to some confusion and um, humorous moments, let's say. And she, um, through a series of events, we discover that she's estranged from her daughter-in-law, Louise, and she ends up um, responsible for her grandson. I loved how you did do the dipping in and out of Elizabeth's backstory. It was really nice to be able to know, I guess, what had led her to this point in her life and not all at once. We got to find out through the book, you know, her backstory. Um, and so, as you said, Elizabeth is a woman who is in later adulthood. Why do you think we don't see as many novels with a protagonist in this age bracket? Well, it's true. We don't see uh, many older women depicted in fiction, although we are often depicted as nosy neighbours and... Um, nasty mother-in-laws and uh, other grumpy people. I don't know if that's warranted or not. Um, so I guess, well, I'm 66, so I felt as though I was at a stage where I would like to write characters that are of my generation and the readers who buy books are of my generation. So uh, it's something that you can do with a lot of authenticity once you are at a particular age because, uh, you know, you're able to look back at the different eras that we've lived here and the, and the different um, influences and, you know, many things that are not available as research. Uh, so I thought it was about time that we uh, had an older woman on the page and... You know, she is a little bit grumpy, uh, but I think what we see is that she's actually uh, a three-dimensional person, that she has had many obstacles to overcome in her life and many difficulties that really have been taken her to the, the nth degree. So... You know, I suppose we wonder if she has reason to be a little bit grumpy now. 
And, she, you know, she's found herself as an empty nester, so to speak. And um, so I guess life has not turned out the way that she hoped. And I think that happens to most people. So it seemed an opportunity to kind of tell that story um, about about an older woman, you know, every woman in a, in a way, because although there's a variety of stories out there, there are many women who end up in her situation. I love that. And I love how you uh, took a bit from your story and uh, gave that to Elizabeth as well. I really enjoyed that. Now, as we were talking about before, Elizabeth's grandson, Zach, is only 15. um, And you said that you did have a son yourself. But how did you manage to get into the head of a 15-year-old boy in 2020? Yes, Elizabeth's grandson, Zach, is 15. And um, how did I get into the head of a 15-year-old? Well, I did have a 15-year-old. And I did have some kind of awareness and a little bit of my sense of humour left at the time and was able to observe the male of the species at 15. I also have um, some family friends quite near me whose son is 15. And I guess to some degree I can remember being that age and I can remember making sarcastic comments that I thought were very witty at the time and wondered why I would get a scorching. Um, And it was because I, at that age, you really don't have much awareness. You don't have the self-awareness to know um, what your tone is like and how you sound. So I was able to observe a 15-year-old on the ground um, and uh, had that sense that 15-year-old boys in particular are really going through a lot. It's all internalised. It's not very laid out. It's not very clear. So they can often be abrasive and difficult and taciturn and will literally never use four words if one will do. Um, One of the phrases that I borrowed from my son when he was growing up is, and gave to Zach, was um, if you would, you know, tell him this is the the lie of the land, he would say, debatable, go on. And it was just, (laughs) used to crack me up (laughs) because it was so, I don't know, so dismissive. Uh, I guess as a writer you are kind of... um, well, certainly I'm always open to uh, observing uh, unintentional humour in the way that people uh, do things or the way they deliver things. So I guess I just had to have a feel for what Zach might be suffering and then putting him together with Elizabeth, there was always going to be a massive communication problem And so I, you know, really just took them on that road trip to put them together and see how they were going to work that out between the two of them. Look, when I think about my 15-year-old self, it it, it scares me. Um, Also because I have two young children at the moment and I 
can imagine my daughter is going to be very similar (laughs) to me and what I was like at 15. And I was definitely that type of um, person similar to what your son sounds like. I, yeah, look, I'm an Aries and I like a a good debate. So I can definitely understand that. (laughs) Now let's talk a bit about writing and being an author. What inspired you to become an author? What inspired me to become an author? Um, I'm just one of those people for whom it was a childhood dream. I grew up in a, at that time, quite remote uh, part of New Zealand on a dairy farm. And we didn't have television. We used to read. We'd go to the library every couple of weeks on a Friday night and um, get our library books. And I just adored being in those worlds, in those books that I read. And I was always quite ambitious with my reading. It was something that was um, important to me. I'm somebody who likes to be learning things all the time, and I guess that's just in my DNA because I was like that even as a child. And um, so I used to write stories then, and later on I did various courses, and um, I didn't, uh, for a variety of reasons, I didn't go to university, but I did go and live in London for three years. And so while I was there, I was taken under the wing of an uncle and his friend and introduced to a huge, huge range of um, literature that was probably as good or better than a university course. So, um, you know, I, I got to love the, the literature of the 19th and 20th century and just continued to read and continued to write. And um, that it was just my raison d'etre. I just always thought I'd be an author. In fact, over the years I have thought, oh, I'd quite like to be this other thing if I didn't have to be an author. It's just something that for some reason is in my blood. So uh, I'm I'm not going to say I sit down with great joy every day at the um, laptop and have beautiful sentences singing off the page. Um, You know, it's difficult. And um, sometimes it's very messy and... uh, but, you know, it's, at a certain point you kind of have to have faith that this is what you do and, and your skill is, is growing and building up. And uh, it usually comes out okay in the end. So, yes, just something that I always wanted to do and something that I, I guess I trained myself to do. Yeah, I love that. That's great. And do you have a writing schedule? Um, You said there that you don't always, you know, get inspiration every time you sit down at the computer, but do you have like a writing schedule and how does this relate to, I guess, how you develop the plot in your novels? I do try to have a writing schedule. I generally try to write all morning. Uh, sometimes I manage to avoid that, but it needs to be a pretty good reason. And even if I do procrastinate and avoid it, I'm extremely irritated with myself when I do it. I think the key to getting a novel written is just sitting down and, and doing it over and over and over again um, 
day in, day out until you get there. So I don't have a plot in so much when I start. I have an idea of a character, the genre, the story I want to have, uh, the story I want to tell. But I guess I'd sometimes have a scene in my head which probably gives me an idea of how these characters behave or something I'm working towards. But in terms of developing a plot, I try to write a minimum of 500 words a day and just keep on pushing forward. I find if you write too fast, and this is just me, I mean, lots of people write way faster than I do, that um, I, I guess... I often just write something that I have to rewrite anyway. It sort of tends to be a bit predictable or what would naturally happen. So with the 500 words, I tend to write a scene that I will later expand and contract, but it's just a first draft. And then I'll take a break and um, move on to another scene of similar. It might easily go out to six or 700 words. There's no rule that says you have to stop at 500 but you can't stop until you've done the 500 is the key to it. So, you know, there's a, mainly it's just tenacity and persistence that gets you through to the end of the first draft. And that is like some kind of torture. But once you get to the end of that first draft, you know, it's, it's lovely. I absolutely love that because the journey is laid out ahead of you. You know, where you're going... You can start to put in the detail and the humour and develop the characters. And from that point on, I'm just a joy to be around because I'm really enjoying that. But getting to that stage uh, can be very difficult. Uh, so that's how I do it. Maybe other people have a, an easier time of it, and I hope they do. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't think I have spoken to an author yet who has come on and said, I love the writing process and, you know, I find it so easy. Like it, it definitely does sound like a job, you know, like, like every job you get inspiration that ebbs and flows and I guess you just have to take it as it comes on the day. Uh, now, to wrap up, what can we expect next from Amanda Hampson? Well, as I said earlier, I am currently working on a mystery story. I guess it's, um, if it were like any of my previous books, it's probably a little like The French Perfumer. Um, it has some twists and turns and a number of different characters. It's all set in 1965, and it's set in the garment industry, about four tea ladies who get together to solve a crime. So it's a bit of fun with a lot of humour and, um, yeah, I'm hoping that it will be a good page turner. And I guess a, a light-hearted and comforting book for our times which are a little bit dark at the moment. And I think, if anything, we need something engaging and entertaining to take us out of the current day. So that's what I'm working on right now. Mm, they both sound fabulous and I totally agree. I'm definitely gravitating towards more uh, lighter reads at the moment. Um, you know, reading for escapism and um, 
reading something that makes me happy. I know a few months ago I went through um, this point where I was just reading all of these sad books. I don't know, maybe that was a reflection of the time that I was in. Um, and I found that it was, you know, affecting me in my daily life. I was, I was carrying that outside of the book with me. So definitely moved back to some more lighter reads. So I'm excited to read that when it comes out. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today. Amanda's book, Lovebirds, is published by Penguin Australia and is available now. Thank you again, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me on the So Novel podcast, Jessica. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can subscribe and leave me a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or find me on Instagram at So Novel Podcast. Thanks for listening and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.